This is Amanda Hahn. And I'm Josh Waltman. You're listening to the Librarian Lunch Break Podcast. With bite-sized episodes for academic library professionals hungry for what's next. Well, hello out there, everyone in the librarian interwebs. This is Josh and Amanda hello. with the Library Lunch Break podcast. I'm back for another exciting episode. What do you think, Amanda? I'm ready. Yeah? I feel like each one has just been so much fun for us to get to do. Yeah, I'm very excited about this particular episode because of who we've got with us. Um, are you excited, Amanda? Yeah, yeah? absolutely. Man, this is great. So w- without further ado, we have Dr. Jeff Huber with us. He is the director and professor the School of Information Science, the College of uh, Communication and Information at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. He also specializes in the areas of health information and health information literacy, and this is where a lot of his research has been focused as well. We were just remarking before we uh, got up with uh, Dr. Huber here at how impressive his CV is, and so I think I'm really excited to kind of hear what he has to say, but um, Dr. Huber, thank you for being with us. You're welcome. Yeah, so... Uh, Today, we're really going to just kind of jump in, and I know we, we discussed over email that, um, you know, you're, you're basically, you're teaching and directing there in the uh, MSLS program, and so you're not necessarily a practicing librarian. Is that right? That's correct. When I assume this position, uh, I'm starting my 12th year in this position. Prior to that, I held joint appointments as a faculty member at Texas Women's University in the School of Library Information Science, and a an appointment in the Houston Academy of Medicine, Texas Medical Center Library as Associate Director for Research, but I gave up the practice position when I uh, started this job. Right. Well, that's great because we really haven't gotten this sort of perspective yet in our interviews, and I, I, thought, I was just really excited to hear that because you're seeing the next crop of librarians really right. regularly come out of the program there, which is really exciting because I expect that you're going to have insight that maybe we haven't heard just yet. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what, maybe what your position and your role is there at uh, University of Kentucky? Sure. So I'm the director of the School of Information Science, and I'm also a faculty member in the school. We offer the Master's in Library Science, the Master's in Information Communication Technology, an undergraduate major in Information Communication Technology, and an undergraduate minor in Information Studies. And what I do is I oversee all of that. I supervise about 32 full-time faculty members and six full-time staff members. Wow, that sounds uh, like a busy sort of work day there. It can be. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so what does, a, what does a, a daily sort of routine look like for someone in your position? It really varies from day to day. Um, I'm involved in a lot of different meetings. Uh, I meet with our staff members on a regular basis. I meet with faculty members periodically uh, or as needed. Um, I'm prepping for my fall course right now. I teach one course in the fall and one course in the spring, so I continue to be an active faculty member in addition to an administrator. Wow, okay. Sounds like a full load there. Yeah, a lot of different things going on. Now, I know you've mentioned that you were a professor at some other institutions as well, but when you first started in librarianship, did you kind of see yourself ending up in this type of director position, or how did you, how did you end up here? Not at all. I never thought I would be supervising people. Uh, it was not something I ever aspired to. I was actually contacted about this position when it was open and encouraged to apply for it. I'm a native Kentuckian, so 
this was really coming home for me. It's one of those things where you can't wait to leave when you're a teenager. <laughs> and spend most of your adult life trying to get back. Um, so, but it's been a really good position for me. It seems like that's something we've actually heard from a number of our um, guests here is that they ended up somewhere where they didn't exactly plan on it, but they really enjoy where they are. Yeah, I do wonder if that has something to do with how broad librarianship can be as a profession. It just seems like there are so many different niches and people can can sort of um, maybe take a, a step towards the profession without knowing quite how they're going to fall within it. So it's been interesting to see that. Yeah, I would agree with that. So let's see. So what was the change when you moved from a practice, you know, practicing librarian to more of an administrator role or a faculty role. You know, for our listeners out there that maybe don't have a good conception of what that looks like, what would you say the major changes are? And you know, Was that a hard transition? Uh, I wouldn't say it was a hard transition, but it was definitely a transition because you're one step removed from practice mm-hmm. in the role that I'm in. So even though I continue to remain active in the profession, I attend various uh, conferences and meetings on an annual basis. Uh, but I'm not in the day-to-day of it anymore. So as you're meeting with kind of these new students that are incoming, you're seeing the new library scholars of the future. The crop. The crop. There you go. What do you think is important for them to maybe know now that wasn't 10 or 20 years ago as you're kind of looking at how librarianship has changed? What do you think is most important for those new incoming students to know about the profession? I think it's really important to know that it's really in a constant state of change and that technology has dramatically impacted everything that we do. I'm not sure that a lot of people really understand the full impact that technology has had on our profession or what our profession actually entails. Yeah, I think that's true as well. I know when I went into my library program, I had not worked in a library previously and Hmm. I learned quite a lot about what exactly it could look like and the different tracks that you could take. I think that's true for many of our students and for many of our graduates, as well as for me. Uh, When I entered the profession, I really did not have a good grasp of the contributions we make across society, both librarians and libraries. But I'm still amazed at how poorly we market our accomplishments and what we're able to do. Mm, That's a good point. I'm just curious. So Amanda Amanda asked kind of what, what should someone know going into the program? I'm curious for those that, that are maybe listening and they're at the tail end of their program or maybe they've just finished up their, you know, their program there and they're looking for their first uh, appointment, uh, what would you say maybe as in, in terms of advice for stepping into a role or maybe landing that first library job? Have you seen anything that maybe is a pattern of, of graduates who are, who are getting those positions? Uh, well, I think one of the things that's a challenge for some people is being geographically bound. The more mobile you are, the easier it's going to be to find a position. So I wouldn't close doors as far as relocating if you're able to. I think it's important to, um, if you don't have library experience, to try and gain library experience either by volunteering or starting off in a paraprofessional position. Uh, I just encourage people to gain as much practical experience as possible. If your uh, master's program offers internship or practica opportunities, I would definitely take advantage of those. Yeah, that's great. Um, You know, we were just talking a minute ago about being sort of surprised to step into an administrative role, or maybe that wasn't necessarily on your radar going into the profession. I was really 
excited and, and surprised myself to see that in the University of Kentucky's program, we actually have the you know the um, leadership management administration class, which was really helpful. I think that's something that uh, if you know if people can kind of get into a course like that, they should definitely opt in if it's available to them. What do you think about that? Yeah, I would agree. I yeah, think, I would agree with that too. I think really in wherever role you end up in, whichever library, it's helpful to be able to show some leadership, demonstrate some of those abilities, even on a project level, even if you're not directly supervising others, it's going to be helpful for you. And I think at some level we all manage. I just don't think that we necessarily call it managing. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting at how much of the, the, the profession, as I've gotten my feet wet in actually working in a position, how much of the profession is truly about people. And it's not, mm. it's not just resources, and obviously that, that comes into play. And it's not just about information. Obviously that comes into play. Um, but how well you can sort of brush shoulders with the people you're serving and also the people that you're working with. And so a class like that and preparation like that just really is very important, it seems to me. Yeah, I would agree with that, definitely. So I know that for you, you actually did a lot in the area of health librarianship, which we haven't really spoken too much about. How did you kind of come across that specialization, and why was that you know, of interest to you to pursue? I actually started off as a serials cataloger at New York Public Library in the Research Division when I finished my master's here at the University of Kentucky. Uh, I was in that position for about six months. I was literally charging my groceries in Macy's cellar because the position paid so poorly. It was one of those instances mm -hmm. where you work for the great institution that mm -hmm. salary's not really there. A position came open as assistant librarian at a hospital library. Um, in Brooklyn, close to where I lived, and I applied for that and was offered the position, and it, things just clicked from then on. Yeah, we've noticed that you've got quite a bit on your CV uh, in terms of uh, research and publication, presentation in that area. Um, do you have any advice for someone that is trying to publish, is trying to get in and, and you know con contribute to the profession and maybe continue in their professional journey in that way? Poster presentations are a great great way to get your feet wet. Um, I highly recommend those as a way to get started. I also recommend trying to partner with someone who does have more experience as far as research and publication is concerned. What about, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious, that, that's great by the way, that's fantastic. Um, I, I'm curious, you know, for someone that is thinking, boy, I sure would like to get in there and publish because I think that's important. You know, how, how can someone sort of find a topic uh, or find a presentation that, you know, when you're first getting in and you're first getting used to the profession, um, maybe you don't feel as confident or maybe you don't feel like you have anything to contribute. How can someone maybe find those things to be able to present and publish on? Well, one way certainly is to look at what's being published and to look to see where gaps are and see if there's research that you can conduct to help fill those gaps. Another thing that you can do is look at your practical experience and see if there are ways to turn practice into research opportunities. Yeah, I think it's easy to think that you might not have anything to offer or that's worth sharing, but I know I've gone to several conferences where I've always gotten something out of the sessions I've attended and just hearing how people kind of operate in their individual libraries and the process that they go through. So I think it's a good reminder that even if you might not necessarily feel like it's noteworthy enough or big enough, um, 
a lot of times that practical experience and just talking about your process is really helpful when speaking with other professionals. Yeah, I would agree with that definitely. So, Dr. Huber, what do you think is the direction of libraries as we head into the next five and ten years? The million-dollar question. The million-dollar question out there. Whole conferences have been held on this subject, but do do you have any opinion? What do you think is is next? I think we're going to continue to see change. I'm not sure that anybody really knows what the future holds, but uh, definitely our roles are evolving. Libraries are evolving in general, so I think that change will continue. I think that uh, we will continue to look for opportunities to integrate the products and services we offer into existing resources and services so that we serve more as a complementary faction. I think that's true across most specializations within our field. Yeah, I mean, change for sure is always right around the corner, whether you like it or not. So it tends to be better to be a little bit flexible, open to new ideas, um, and open to moving forward. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I agree with that also. And I think that we also need to keep in mind that uh, we're being challenged more and more to actually demonstrate what we're contributing. So I think that's important to keep in mind also. So how do you find that you can do that in your role as the director? How do you kind of communicate your story to your different stakeholders? Well, we look a lot at numbers. Uh, We look at enrollment numbers, we look at graduation rates, graduation numbers, we're looking at how we contribute across the college in addition to the university as well as to the professions that we serve. I think some people might be surprised to know just how much librarians do look at the numbers. Assessment. And do that assessment Assessment piece of it. Assessment is a piece that cannot be ignored, that is for sure. I think that's, uh, that's that's a great point. Do you think that... I'm wondering if you if you have any advice for, you know, again, we're kind of anticipating that those that would be listening right now are folks that are, you know, early career librarians or maybe looking for their first appointment. You know, how can they be thinking about maybe telling that narrative or demonstrating their value, demonstrating their worth? Do you have any advice along those lines? Think about what you do in terms of the broader institution you serve. That's one really good way to think about what you're contributing and how to market what you're contributing or demonstrate what you're contributing. Mm, Yeah, for sure. Well, I know we don't want to take up too much of your time today, but is there kind of anything else that you would like to share with our potential listeners? I would like to go ahead um, and even plug University of Kentucky because both Josh and I are graduates of that program, um, so we're extra excited to have you on and representing that school as well. But is there anything um, maybe that you'd just like to share about something new you've been reading or a great conference you'd like to recommend to anyone looking for professional development and that type of area? If you have the opportunity to attend international conferences, I find them very helpful because They tend to give you a different perspective on what you're able to do or what's being accomplished in other institutions outside of the United States. That's not to say that attending national conferences isn't incredibly helpful, but when you start to get that international perspective, I think that you can really see where there are differences based on country of origin. And is there a particular international conference that you might recommend to start with or... If you're interested in health science librarianship, I strongly recommend the International Congress on Medical Libraries, which is held every five to seven years. Uh, The International Federation of Library Associations is also a good 
generic conference to attend, and it does have um, a special interest group that focuses on the health sciences if that's your area of interest. That's great. I think it's also good to remember that those specialty conferences can be really beneficial. It's easy to think about the big ALA conference or ACRL, but sometimes seeking out ones that are a little more focused um, can really be beneficial as well, meeting with, with those librarians. Absolutely. If your role in your particular organization uh, involves an instruction, I would highly recommend some of the pedagogy conferences that fall outside of library science. Yeah, that's a good point too. That's something that we've talked about a little bit is not necessarily doing a library conference, mm -hmm. but even an education conference or technology conference in different areas like that to kind of widen the scope that, of definitely. your search. Yeah, I agree. I was even thinking recently about looking at uh, some customer service conferences and how that Oh, be absolutely. Helpful. Because it seems like, I realize that's a little bit of a catchphrase these days, but Nevertheless, customer service is a big piece of, at least my position, and I, I think it probably would fall into a number of positions as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with how often we're working with people directly and trying to build up a sense of engagement that students feel comfortable coming to the library and really enjoying the space and the services, customer service is going to be a huge piece of that. Mm. Indeed. Well, Dr. Huber, we want to thank you so much for, for taking the time to speak with us today out of what I know is a busy schedule and a lot going on. So thank you so much for, for taking the time. You're welcome. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of the Librarian Lunch Break podcast. We have a lot of fun doing these and um, bringing them to you. So I hope that you're finding them as helpful and informative as we are.